Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 4 of the Batter Podcast Gaming and Variety. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. It's been a couple months, I think. Like, I don't know if we recorded in February. Maybe the beginning of February. And then we had all of the intentions of recording and now it's April and we are back trying to get back into the swing of things. Um, I had a lot of internet issues and I've been training at a new job and I work opposite hours as a lot of uh, my co-hosts including Mr. Cupcake who is joining us for episode four. Say hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's been it's been a ride the last month and a half or so, but I feel like uh, we're in a good place to pick it back up. Maybe we shall see. Um, so originally I was going, to, this episode was going to come out around the time that Resident Evil Four Remake was launching, and. Uh, we had mentioned before that we were super excited about it, and then we didn't, you know, record. <laughs> but since then, he has beaten the game, and I'm about halfway through, which gives us a little bit more to talk about. Um, we won't really go into spoilers so much, we'll just kind of talk about, like, voice changes and stuff like that because like obviously those aren't really spoilers we all expected certain aspects of it to be changed because original people aren't always available or alive or whatever interested sometimes they don't want to go back to the same project that they were already a part of um if you guys know me from my streaming uh platform then you know dead by daylight is something that has been the bane of my existence, but also, like, got me on the map streaming-wise. Like, it got me to be more consistent and, and stuff like that. So, the same person who voiced Wesker for the voice lines in Dead by Daylight was also brought on for the remake, or vice versa, depending on... We don't know licensing and when things were really started, but he does both, and I really like his voice. Um... I'm not really happy with Sadler's voice. I haven't really heard it a whole lot. In The Merchant. I was really disappointed in The Merchant. Because he still does like the same lines. But it's not the same feel of a character. Like The Merchant was like a creepy dude. Who like popped up out of nowhere. In the original. And in the remake. Everything flows more consistently. And it all makes more sense. So he's just like a dude who gives you requests and stuff. And he's like, eh, the laugh, you know, I'm missing the laugh. I think it would be fine if he had the same cackle, but he does not. Uh, Ashley's new voice actor is amazing. She's still got like that annoying part to her, but she is less like, ah, I can't do anything on my own. And more like, they gave her more of a backbone, I guess I would say. Um, I mean, it was damsel in distress. 
Yeah, like there are still aspects where she is 100%. But uh, especially because I just got past the part where you play as Ashley. And um, that I, I won't say much, but I really liked the rework of that entire thing. It's more spooky, I guess. Like, it wasn't just, like, a, a branch off. It, it, it. They also reworked some of the parasites and stuff like that and gave you more information about, like, where they originated from, which I really liked. Um, like I said, everything makes more sense. It all flows more cohesively. They give you more information about, like, the village and what's going on and why X, Y, and Z. Um, like I said, I'm halfway through, so I'm not finished with it. But I would definitely say the remake was necessary, not only for, like, wonky controls, but, like, lore base with all of the games so that it makes sense within the realm. Because when I originally played it, I'm like, why are we here? What is this? Why is, you know, Ada here? Like, who's she working for? But, like, there was, like, little hints of it in the original. But now it's, like... You have more interactions with Ada. You get more information from all the other characters. Uh, Rasputin's new design is interesting. Um, like, his fight was... They they changed the way that you enter that fight. And, like I said, it makes more sense how you, like, end up fighting him. But like his design and like seeing like all the details of his mutation um ugh, <laughs> it was gross <laughs> cuz like it was it was gross in, in the original but with the updated graphics and everything you're just like <laughs> yeah I, I like a lot of the uh, reworks they did the uh, the changes some of the voices i could do without for, for the originals uh, What's one that you the, prefer the original of? Oh, Sadler, easily. Yeah. Like, like, his voice is, it's alright, but it's just, it doesn't have that same menacing feel to it. He sounds too normal. Right, that's what I say. Like, he'd be fine for, like, a normal character that you, like, randomly interact with, but to be, like, the main bad guy, like, the backbone of the entire, like, reason everything is going the way that it does he just not he doesn't terrify me he's just like oh what a dick but it's not like ooh. <laughs> right um at first i didn't like Luis's new design but i actually grown to like it it fits his character more yeah you get more of his personality in this one for sure Oh, definitely. Because, like, he was just, like, some random NPC that popped up, like, what, three times, maybe? And... In the original, so it's, it's quite a bit more. And you get more of, like, his backstory, which I like, too, because when you meet him in the original, you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is this guy? Why does he know what he knows? You don't really ever find out in the original. You just kind of go, okay, kind of have to, like, guess. Yeah, he, he just kind of exists in the original. He's like a sl he's like a small background character. He pops up once, he pops up a few times, and that's it. And this, he actually is like 
integral part of the game. Which I actually liked. Um, actually, his redesign didn't really affect me much. Like, I like it better than this. It's less annoying. Um, the redesign I really liked was Krauser's redesign. His new look and voice just fit him so much better, in my opinion. I'm excited to get to him. I haven't uh, run into him just yet. I'm close, I think. What was the last thing you did? Was it Ashley Park? I'm pretty sure that's where I ended, yeah. Okay. You're... Say another little while, but not too long. I'm like, I think I ended starting chapter 10, if I remember correctly. So I have six chapters left. Yeah, these, these next few chapters are lengthy ones. Which I expected. That's why I was kind of happy to stop there. Um, right. I will say that in Ashley's new part, I got stuck in a specific area for a frustratingly long time. I have guesses to where. <laughs> it's after, uh, I'll, I'll give hints, so I won't give it away completely, but it was after you lose the blue lantern and um i got lost bro like it wasn't even just like the the enemies that i was having an issue with like i straight was just running in the wrong way and then i ended up getting caught because i was in like a corner so instead of banging that right i ended up going straight multiple times and ended up back in the original door and i'm like this isn't where i'm supposed to be how do i get where i need to be and you have a map. For me, it was the section right before that area up. Uh, you cut so off I, a I'm, little. The area where you have to uh, light the torches. The area right before you lose the lamp. Mm-hmm. That was the area I got stuck in. I kept cutting angles wrong. And I just kept lining myself up perfectly. Mm. See, I just like, I, I just then, booked it out of there. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I think I was stuck for 30 minutes because there's one that comes down the stairs and I'm like, I dodged him at one point on the stairs and then I kept getting stuck on the stairs by him. So then I was like, all right, well, I don't know what I did to do it the first time, but it's not working anymore. So come on, let's get you downstairs and wait for you to attack and then bolt it up the stairs and then I would fuck myself because I would forget that I needed a banger right after... (laughs) Which, in hindsight, there's an enemy that kind of goes to start blocking your way when you're going the wrong way. Like, the game is almost pushing you the right way, and I still somehow managed to fuck it up. And you still committed. Yeah, full set. Multiple times. Two or three times. If I'm, and I kept ending up, like, I'm like, why? <laughs> um... What else? What else you got for me, thoughts-wise? Uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Like, Resident Evil 4 is probably my most played Resident Evil game. Probably other than the third one. Like, I played Nemesis a lot, but 4 I played a lot. Uh, can't say how many times I've beaten the original, but with this one, I'm interested to go back and play it a couple times to see the different changes. The different modes, like I know the Mercenary mode came out 
Two days ago, three days ago, maybe? Yeah. The day I started playing it, it was updated. Yeah. Or going back to playing it. So Sunday? Probably. Something like that. Or it was like the day before, because I ha- obviously hadn't booted it up, but... Yeah, because I was curious with the way they redid it and made it, I mean, more action, but in a good way, that... I didn't see Mercenaries after I beat it and was confused, not realizing there was a free DLC that came out a couple days later. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it until you had mentioned it. So. But then I was interested to go to that try another time. Yeah, I definitely feel like this is a good game if you're like somebody who likes to attempt speedruns and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, they made this one very speedrun friendly. Um, so, I know people like to go for records, and whether it's world records or, like, personal records, like, people just like to see, okay, now that I know the game, what the game is, how fast can I get through the game? Right. Uh, I'm not a speedrunner. I'm, like, probably a one-and-done gal. Like, I never went back and played the other modes or other characters for any of the Resident Evils, but I think that also has something to do with the fact that I wasn't an OG player. I didn't get to play them when they originally came out, so I'm only playing, like, mostly remakes now. Mm-hmm. There's um, nothing wrong with that. The original... Resident Evil 1, I really liked. It really got me, like, okay hooked i was like all right i can play the other ones this is cool however those controls still haunt me to this day and i had that same problem with resident evil 4 too and then when i went to go start the remake i'm like hold on my brain was so used to having to play those games a certain way and then i got thrown into this one i'm like oh this is like an actual normal game hold up Alright, well, um, speaking of action type of video games, we have a game called Pal World that is on the docket to discuss, which is labeled as a cutesy game with guns. It's like Pokemon with AKs or something like that, I think. That's what it says. Yeah, from the trailer I remember seeing a while ago, and I, like, I've been watching this game for a while, I forgot about it until recently, because <laughs> I remember seeing the trailer for this a couple of years ago, and I remember seeing it, and I was like, ooh, I want to play this, <laughs> and I've been waiting for it, and it's just getting there. I don't know, I'm concerned because it's so... Pokemon-esque, but it's got that violent side. Like, I don't know if it's actually going to come to fruition because of all the Karens that exist in this world. Um, well, go ahead. My whole thing with it is just like, if they have issues with something like this, why is like Call of Duty not an issue? Like it could, like it should be, like, like 
people are going to have an issue over something like this, but not over the other serious issues. So, like... I mean, and it's also, like, you as a parent decide what your kid can and can't play. So who cares about everybody else's stuff? Like, it's, it's just weird. It's just weird. Um, but... I do like it. Uh, it's it. It's like very intriguing to play. Um, Let me see if I can read you guys a little snippet of its information here. Um, so there was a recent trailer that was launched in December of last year, so December of 2022, which was a newer trailer because the other trailer had come out a couple of years prior to that. So it's been in the making for a while. And it said, the new PAL reveal trailer above shows off and finally gives names to many of PAL world's lovely and heavily Pokemon-inspired animals. But while gazing at the beauty of creatures like the flying Jetragon, galloping herds of Pyron, giggling Daydream, and mystical woodland Violet, it's hard not to notice all the, you know, brutal violence taking place. Things first go awry with the pengullet, a tiny blue penguin-like creature happily wandering toward an apple on the ground, presumably to munch on it. Suddenly, it, the pengullet, not the apple, is brutally crushed underfoot by some sort of rampaging dinosaur-like creature. A lamb ball, a fluffy sheep thing, and a lavender, a pink bipedal wolf, are scampering through a field together. Then you notice the lamb ball is fleeing and sobbing in fear, and the lavender is, well, in a predatory and amorous mood. <laughs> Which you would think would be, like, two opposite things. But uh, it looks cheerful, but the dread really seeps in quickly. So all of the cutesiness of it is, like, a facade, I guess I would say. And then, like, everything. It's like the dark side of Pokemon, like you know, maybe things actually die in this game versus, like, just fainting in Pokemon, where it's, you know, in Pokemon, they don't really talk about things dying so much as, like, you know, taking a rest in their ball or whatever. Um, there's, there's one aspect of old school Pokemon, not so much new school Pokemon, where, uh, was it Lavender Town with, like, all the ghosts and stuff? You get, like, the dark side of Pokemon. And if you read some of the Pokedex entries, there's definitely a dark side to Pokemon for sure. But it's all, like, behind-the-scenes stuff and not in your face like Pal World would be. Right. Pal World was definitely a different change on that. Um, I'm concerned that some of their creatures are going to look too much like Pokemon, and that's going to cause an issue with, like, copyright infringement and all those things but we had a discussion what were we just talking about i don't remember what you're talking about <laughs> I, whatever um <laughs> there was just a conversation i was having the other day about copyright infringement for something I don't fucking remember, <laughs> I don't remember what, we were what it was in regards to. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember 
But there was another game that you just sent me a link to that was along the, these lines too. That was like a Pokemon-like game that had guns and stuff. Oh, you mean the Axolotl game? Yeah. Yeah. It's like Enter the Gungeon combined with Pokemon in a sort of way. It's really interesting. You play Not as an Axolotl and it's called... It's called Axolotl, just with an AK. Yeah. AK Axolotl. So it's like a play on words. And you play as an axolotl, a pink axolotl. And you have a gun and you go through worlds, blah, blah, blah. Like, same aspect. It's like a more dark and twisty version of the cutesy things. Which I feel like has been a, a demand for a while now. Like, if you see something, you always kind of think of, oh, I would love to see that doing this like the opposite side of things like it's so cute but then it pulls out an ak-47 <laughs> right um let's see how close the lamb was that's why close the lamb did so well right binding of isaac was kind of a play on that stuff too wasn't it yeah but that that one eighty'd very quickly like, it was an interesting art style that looked kind of cute, and then it got really dark really fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Um, I've never played that game. I've seen people play it, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I, I played a good bit of it, but I didn't get really deep into the uh, the full backstory and combined with, like, the uh, later DLCs. There's also, like, a gazillion mods for The Binding of Isaac as well. Yeah. Yeah, which there's... makes things like funny creepy or like takes it that extra mile of I don't know like <sighs> I saw someone play against the mother mm-hmm. or some I don't know man I was just like I don't think I could stomach playing this game well the, the mother wasn't even a mod mother's <laughs> no I know I'm just saying like the creepy aspects of it like it blow, blows my mind like some of these things people come up with and like oh. I can't I've come up with game ideas right like I have my masters in game design I had to create a game or multiple games throughout my entire graduate courses because that's what we were doing and I've come I've come up with some ideas like a, my thesis was a murder mystery tripeak solitaire game and like it's just it's just crazy how some some people come up with these ideas i'm just like where is your brain at homie um but i'm interested to see these games hopefully you know eventually come out Uh, as we've said many times before on this podcast games have kind of wax and waned due to companies and how many people they have currently working on projects and I'm sure there's been a gazillion um, abandoned projects too trying to get like just things that have a bigger response trailer wise and stuff like that right so I hope I know um, the Axolotl game is for sure going to happen just with 
how much energy and effort they've kind of put into their trailer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely going to be an indie game. Oh, definitely. Which, I'm not knocking indie games. It's It's just, like, I mean, to be honest, I think indie games have done better in their fair share of things since, like, COVID land. <laughs> Even before that, they were starting to make that uprising. There's, there's points now where I prefer indie games over AAAs. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, like, since COVID, they've held their own, Oh yeah. like, better, I would say, than a lot of AAA game studios and stuff. So I'm interested to see these games. Um, if there's other games like this that you guys have heard of, and maybe like have suggestions for us to look into, to play, or review, let us know, because I don't know. I think it would be fun to see, because like, we research and research and research, but sometimes things just go under the radar. Because they're not as viewed as some other things. So, where's that? Do we have to try and get this going here? Um, okay. So, Dead by Daylight. <laughs> the movie. <laughs> I. I don't know, man. I love me DBD. Not so much lately. Um, just kind of seems like the game might be getting run into the ground a little bit. Maybe the movie will... I'm snacking, by the way. Just in case anybody hears my little plastic baggie. <clears throat> Having some walnuts and almonds. I'm afraid for this movie. It's a gimmick to try to get people just to like rehype the fact DVD is a thing. Because like as far as I know, nobody's asking for this movie. Yeah, I've never seen anybody say, you know what would be really cool? A Dead by Daylight movie. <laughs> yeah. Especially I'd say like the statistics aren't like completely accurate but we'll we'll say like half of the killers are licensed killers um but i do think that the story line says something about the trapper being involved which was their og killer right let me see if they I didn't like that this article said inevitably becoming a movie. Like, this game has been out for a long time. Yeah, I don't understand that word choice. It's inevitably becoming a movie. Like, that's saying all horror games are going to become movies. Right. Um... I'm reading the article again. 
It's just talking about people who talk about the game. A love letter to the world of horror. To me, it's kind of goofy. So I would agree that it'd be a B movie, like that Winnie the Pooh horror movie that came out. It's like somebody got a hold of a license to make a movie, and it's gonna be one of those movies that shows up on sci-fi. Right, exactly. Well, you know it's not gonna be good, but that's the intention behind why you're watching it. Right. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of information out about it so far. Um, and the game, if you're unfamiliar with it, is a four versus one asymmetrical horror game. I think we've mentioned this before in one of the other episodes. But if you are new and you have no idea what Dead by Daylight is, welcome to the shit show. Um... I don't know how they could make that into a movie that makes sense based on how the game is played. As a killer, your objective is, I don't want to say easy because it's going to make some people um, hurt because <laughs> playing killer is not easy. But in the aspect of your objective, it's easy. It's to kill survivors. Now, the lo logistics and actuality of that is up for debate and I'm not having that debate <laughs> but killers have one goal and that is you know get rid of the survivors survivors main goal is to get five generators on which power exit gates that you then have to power and open to escape the trial how do we incorporate that in a movie in a way that gives you glimpses of Dead by Daily, the game, enough to warrant being a movie. Because if it's going to be just the characters and then like a typical B movie, I'm not all that intrigued to watch it. Like, I want there to be some aspects of the actual game that are in the movie. I do realize that that is a tall order and a hard ask because of the way that the game is. But this is why making a game into movie is a lot harder than making a movie into a game. I just, I just don't see the point. Like, I don't see a valid reason to do it. Like, yeah, it's a popular game, but at the same time, there are other more popular games. So it's just, it's odd to me that this is just coming out as blue. And it's quote-unquote inevitable. <laughs> right. It's like, I don't think so. Like, I don't know of many other games that became movies in this way. Especially since when? Did it like, came out in what year? 2014? That was a nice pop. 
Hey Siri, when did Dead by Daylight come out? Dead by Daylight was published June 14th, 2016. Okay. Still, seven years were going on, which I should have known because I played the anniversary, but whatever. Like I've said, I've been training the new job and it's broken my brain. It would have made more sense a couple of years ago. Now, with the increasing downfall of players actively playing the game, it just feels like a way to try and generate people to come back and play, and this isn't how you do it. Like, people don't want to play the game because people say of the stale meta or the metas that they push when they release new characters and, you know, X, Y, and Z is broken and it hasn't been fixed or we've been promised this for so many years and we've never got it. They're very slow to release things people actually want. And making a movie... I don't think a movie is what the people want. It's not what I want. <laughs> And I've never heard anyone in the community say, you know what was fixed this? A movie. Um, but I guess we'll see. Because they're going to have the money to, to make it a, a reality. There's no doubt about that. It's definitely going to happen. <laughs> I say inevitably on behaviors standpoint, like they've, they've had, um, I don't know if it was sci-fi or something else, but I forget. They had like different costumes and outfits for characters based off of like short story films and, um, what is it? Crypt TV, I think they're called. We had the, the outfits for characters through them. And then we had Attack on Titan as a crossover. And obviously all of the other horror DLCs we've had integrated into the game. Uh, Behavior just recently launched a new game called Meet Your Maker, which they've integrated into gameplay to kind of generate appeal for the new game. It's not my style, so I'm not, it's not a game I would ever want to play. So, unfortunately, I won't be playing that. <laughs> Why are you chuckling? Uh, the, the way you were saying they're integrating gameplay for their new game into this game made me have a thought and it made me laugh. Okay, share with the class. We're going to hype up our new game by putting it in a game that nobody wants to play at the moment. So, we're going to make a movie to hype up that game so we hyped up our other game. <laughs> ah. He went down. We're, we're using a movie to hype our main game so they can play, so they'll play our other game. <laughs> uh, Alright, well, when you put it like that, I didn't think about it like, <laughs> like that, but. Uh, true. <laughs> it's just what it feels like, because like, everything that they've incorporated, it seems like when they add it to the game or they make it a feature or just a tie-in, it's something that's that everybody's losing interest in. Like, 
the hooked on you skins that just came out yeah that game came out a while ago why didn't they release those when the game came out to draw hype to it instead now they're trying to draw hype to it because nobody's playing it anymore or very few people are playing it anymore those games would have made a lot more sense when the game was big and fresh and new and, stale. and Hooked yeah. on You was a game that we wanted. Like, there was a lot of people who wanted a Dead by Daylight dating simulator. Right, I thought, I thought it was a joke when I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, that's really cool, it's really well fan made, and then it came out like, with real? Right, we had that conversation, I remember that. Because you're like, yeah, I thought it was a fan main game. And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was just like, I was shocked. But it's like they just pull in things that... And you know sense. what the kicker of that is? I didn't finish it. I haven't been able to play it um, since I played it in December when I went and visited him. Uh, it was really good for the little bit of it that I played. Like, he was just laying on the bed behind me watching me play, and he was interested. Like, I was reading it out, I was like, it was intriguing. It's sad. I feel like Meet Your Maker would have had some potential, but the type of style of game it is, it's just, it's just not for me. It's a very niche type of game mm. like i don't know very many people at all who are into that kind of game where it just like builds your base and then when you're not playing somebody comes and attacks your base it's just weird to me I it's rust-esque for those of you yeah. who are familiar with rust you you get your stuff you build it up and then at any point online or offline you can be raided and lose your stuff and there's seemingly OP aspects of it from we watched um Oddstrava he uploaded a clip of him playing the game and he basically used his shield to tank the lasers to get through someone's base got their gen mat which is like this tube of stuff that you collect that's like the energy source that belongs to the person's base and and was out <laughs> With it, it was like less than a two minute clip. Like, he was in and out in seconds. So, you spend hours building a base that's impenetrable. Obviously, you as a player have to have a way around. And then you can just use a shield to get through the lasers. I don't know. There's obviously going to be tweaks to the game. It just came out. But watching that clip alone, I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> So, I guess the last topic relates to generational differences. Um, this was a more prevalent topic at the time that we had uh, originally scheduled to talk about it because there was some stuff going on. But I like to have 
objects of things that I enjoy. I'm not a hoarder. I don't think that I have an excessive amount of things. Um, if you have seen my stream setup behind me, then you know I have a shelf and it has like little trinkets and things, uh, things that were gifted to me or things that, you know, brought me joy. Like I have a Care Bear that has a cupcake on it because my name is Katie Cupcake. I have a Squishy Cupcake. I have the Five Nights at Freddy's Cupcake. Uh, all the Legos we built together on stream, some rainbow things, um, Harry Potter things, like things that I like. And there was a point where I was talking with my father and he said, well, when are you going to grow up? To him, growing up means basically... I don't know, like he just goes out and has drinks with his friends and goes out to eat and that's pretty much it. And he doesn't really have like things. Now to him, it's all clutter and he doesn't like it. It's just messy to him. And I don't know if it's a generational thing where it's just like, once you hit a certain age, you're just, just supposed to like not show that you like things. You're just supposed to like internalize it, but I've never seen the point in that. Like if I like something and I want something, then I'm going to get it, do it, whatever it, <laughs> because I'm an adult and like I make decisions. Like I don't generally make irrational or rash decisions. Um, most of these purchases that are behind me on my shelf, I contemplated for quite a long time before getting them because I was just, I felt guilty about spending the money on myself. And then I, I do it because we should be able to spend our money on things that we want to once our bills and everything are taken care of, which is my other point. It's like, I pay my bills. I do all everything I'm supposed to do as an adult. And I want to spend my money on video games or little trinkets. Uh, a lot of which the things behind me, I did with stream. Like I opened some surprise packages and I have the little figures that came from there and we built Legos on stream and talked and chatted and, um, it's frustrating when you're told that you don't act like an adult because of things that you enjoy. At one point he, we were having an argument and he said he wished that he never bought anything gaming related because he thinks that I'm wasting my life away by playing, by doing the things that I enjoy, right? Like I have friends online that I play my games with. I like to play games. I like to be home. I don't like to go out. I have social anxiety, but I do go out. I do go out and do things that I want to do. I go out with my friends when we have, uh, you know, we go out and have food or we go out a bit going to um, <laughs> sex toy bingo with uh, an old coworker and his girlfriend. And I made friends doing that. Like, I don't need to go out all the time. I like to be home. I like to do my little projects. You know, as you guys know, I do a lot of crafting projects. And I like to just chill. Um, 
I don't know if it's generational because he says like I like to go out and I like to go do this and he said that I'm gonna end up being lonely because my friends are online and I don't really go out and see anybody in person but obviously that's not true but like when you have these arguments with your parents especially they always bring up like and always nece- I don't want to say always but they see like the worst side of you or like picture you as the worst side of you in the aspect of well you never go out all you do is sit in your room and blah 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 and it's like yeah but that's my happy place (laughs) like I'm comfortable at home do I push myself out of my comfort zone yes but when I want to I don't it's not that I'm wanting to go outside and I don't because my friends are online or X, Y, and Z. It's like, no, I, I enjoy doing my podcast. I enjoy streaming and I enjoy great gaming and I enjoy doing all those things. Whether or not I'm like putting on a show for somebody like the podcast or streaming or just hanging out with Mr. or my friends and just playing things just to play things. Um, I, have a friend, Toki, and we watch anime together, and she's on the other side of the country, up in Canada, but I value my friendships, and I think that that's what it kind of boils down to, in my opinion, is that um, people who have an issue with you staying inside all the time or gaming all the time, they don't value your friendships as real friendships, and subsequently, my relationship with Mr., because it's a long distance thing. Um, but I think that we have a, a strong relationship for one, but it's also based off of communication because that's, I mean, for the most part, what we have, right? Uh, we just talk all the time instead of like, when you're in person, you can be distracted by doing things. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I feel like the same way that you feel most of these topics. Cause it's like I do basically the same thing. I don't have a lot of people I hang out with in person. Cause it's, it's also not something I don't really do. Like I, every once in a while I'll go hang out with somebody, but it's never like it's it's more like a monthly thing at that. <laughs> Which is how often I go to bingo. <laughs> So it's not even, it's always just like a choice thing. It always just feels like if it's not there, if it's not the older generation's choice, it's wrong. Yeah, a hundred percent. That is also the thing. It's just like, if you don't agree with their side of things, you're wrong. And it's like, but you're, especially when it comes to like having these arguments with your parents, right? Cause they are supposed to develop you into humans that are, capable of creating opinions based on their own perceptions and how you know and then as soon as you have a differing opinion it's like well you're an idiot or you're just fucking wrong or blah 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 and it's like I have an opinion to you but it can't differ from me and then it's always well you don't have an open mind. You don't see things from my point of view. And it's like, yeah, but you're not even trying to do that for me. And 
like if you if you ask anybody who knows me on a more personal level like I'm pretty rational I I'm an overthinker so I think about things from a gazillion different views uh and I'm just like but no like it it was like when I I didn't have a job for a little while and I was trying to get a job with my, my degree, which he also told me to throw in the trash, by the way. But, uh, there was a, a brief time period where I was having a hard time finding a job and there was a lot of doubt. Basically I was being called a liar. You're not possibly, you're not. You are, well, are you looking for this job? Are you looking for this job? Well, what about this job? Did you apply to this job? Yes. Well, did you hear back? Yes, they apply, they filled the position, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of that. And, um, you know, when we were having this argument a couple of months ago, he sat down and we were talking or arguing for the most part. I was trying to talk, but it just turned into a shit on me fest. I pulled up my, cause I had my computer open cause I was actually applying to a job when we were starting to have this conversation. And I pulled up cause I had saved all the emails that I got from applying to jobs and responses from those jobs for the year. 863 applications for 2022 alone. The amount of replies I got, probably 5% of that at best. And then his response to that was, well, why didn't you print them out and show me that you were applying to them? It was like, no matter what I did or said, he always had like, well, why didn't you just tell me to shut the fuck up and shove this in my face? And it's like, what would that have accomplished? Right. Cause then you're just gonna do or say something there's a lot of default of like I'm your father bullshit and it's like I'm an adult that doesn't work anymore like just, like it, it's frustrating there was um a Christmas where we were getting new phones and I don't remember like all of the specifics of what was happening but basically they were dicking us around uh, about, uh, so we, we were offered a, a new tablet, a new iPad with our iPhones and f it was like for nothing, but you had to spread it out over payments. It was just their way of keeping you in a contract for X amount of time. And we were okay with that, but we had pre-ordered our phones and in order for us to qualify for this, we had to cancel our pre-order of our phones and then come back another day to pick up our phones to do the iPad, even though we were in store. So we were on, so we were at the Verizon store and they had a call into their assist line to try and get things like, um, fixed. Cause the guy was like, well, I can't do anything, but maybe they can help you. The sales rep was really awesome. He, he did his best. Like they're really tied behind what they can and can't do. 
So he got us in contact with them. And they were like, blah, blah, blah. So I tried to speak it up and being like, no, this isn't the same thing. And my father turned to me and said, he looked at me and said, shut up, I'm talking. I'm like, you're getting dicked around (laughs) and you're just going to allow it to happen. And that's his default. Like, I just turned 33, man. The time I, you know, I was in 31 or 32. I don't remember what Christmas we got the new phone, but I mean, that's irrelevant. I was in my 30s. I was well past being an an adult. And that was his response. And I'm just like, I don't get it. And And then my uncle had an issue with his girlfriend whose son is the same age as me. he's lazy and doesn't have a job like there's a lot that goes on with him but at the end of the day that's her kid and she wants to help him and she wants to take care of him and my uncle had a problem with that well he's lazy he she shouldn't be doing x y and z he's a fucking adult blah blah blah. and it's just like he they always kept having issues in their relationship and breaking up because he didn't understand why she was letting him do what he was doing she's his mother and and that's my other thing is like all these people who think that once you're you have a child and they're 18 they're on their own that's fucked up you chose to bring us into this world we didn't choose to be here right. and you're just gonna give up on your kid he sometimes you give up give up on them before then but as soon as you're legally an adult you're like see you later you're on your own figure it the fuck out nah and that's why i don't have kids yet I want to be make sure that I was in a position where I could always take care of my kid no matter what. Because as a parent, that's your responsibility. And that's a definitely a generational thing. Any of the other generations, once you hit 18, you're kind of on your own. Obviously, it's gotten a little bit more lenient, but everyone in our generation younger it's like no but that's your kid doesn't matter that's your kid doesn't matter how old they are doesn't matter that's your kid you're responsible for them Uh, I think that's all we really had to talk about. Do you have anything that you would like to add on to that? No, I think you hit most of the points. <laughs> Literally thought like Discord had died because it got so quiet and he was just <laughs> lost in thought over there. <laughs> no, I was just waiting to see if there's anything I could add to on that, but now you pretty much touched upon everything. All right, well, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, I'm not really sure where we're at lengthwise. Uh, it might have been a little bit shorter of an episode, but we just wanted to get our feet back wet. And I don't think that was a proper sentence, but we're going to roll with it. Okay, guys? Um, get back into it. We're going to be more consistent. I am going to try my hardest to have weekly episodes, but if not, um, bi-weekly episodes for sure. Uh, our next guest is going to be Toki. She will be joining... Um, episode five of the podcast uh she's kind of what sparked the 
drive to start recording again because she asked about it. She was like, and what, what's the deal with your podcast? Because I haven't heard anything about it since like February. And I was like, bro, let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I enjoy doing it. So let's just fucking do it. So here we are. So thank you so much for listening to episode four of the Batter Gaming and Variety Podcast. This has been your host, Katie Cupcake, joined by... I I gave that pause because I wanted to see what he said. And it's generally always me. Because he has too many nicknames. To see which one comes up first. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> is usually the default for me and others. <laughs> um, but as always, thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you on the next one. Good night. Mwah.